Hi, I'm Amy Souter, your host for the Tip of the Iceberg podcast and the retail and education editor at The Packer, as well as editor of PMG, short for Produce Market Guide. We're delivering fresh takes on keeping your business and life healthy, full of fresh fruits and vegetables, of course, in both capacities. Today's episode marks the second of a series we're doing with Equitable Food Initiative, which we in the industry call EFI. The organization works with retailers and growers to create a transparent supply chain, a safer food system, and healthier work environments. These episodes will focus on the improvements companies and their people are making that elevate workers and create better working conditions. So let's welcome Leanne Rhodes Ruzamenti, EFI's Director of Marketing Communications, as she chats with Tony Pacheco, Health and Safety and Temporary Foreign Worker Manager at Winset Farms in Delta, British Columbia. He talks about the health and safety team and drills down on bringing water fountains into the greenhouse, a project that sounds simple in concept, but is not easy to implement. He also discusses the importance of being heard as a worker and not just heard, but having your suggestions acted upon. It's important that workers feel like the higher ups care about them. Now let's hear the conversation. So I'm happy to introduce today, Tony Pacheco, the health and safety and temporary foreign worker manager at Winset Farms for the Delta British Columbia operation. Tony works with the Temporary Foreign Worker Program, ensuring that guest workers transition into the operation, as well as overseeing the health and safety of all the workers at the Delta British Columbia operation. And I just want to talk a little bit about Winset because it's such an impressive operation. It's really become known as one of the largest and most technically advanced greenhouse growers in North America. And if you look at Winset's Delta British Columbia operation, along with the Santa Maria location, the company has over 240 acres of greenhouse operations, and they ship 300 million pounds of vegetables annually. It's hard to even wrap my head around that. Um, and I, for one, am a huge fan of your products. Living in the Pacific Northwest, I'm able to find Winset peppers, tomatoes, and cucumbers literally everywhere that I shop. And they're always fresh and amazing quality. So you are all putting out such amazing products. And I'm happy to get to talk with you with you more, Tony, because it sounds like a pretty big job to ensure the health and safety of about 300 workers within a 3 million square foot facility. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's got its challenges for sure. I bet. Um, and when we first talked, you had educated me on the health and safety committee at Winset Delta. I, I just thought it was a really interesting model. So can you share with us a little bit more about that committee? Okay, so the, the committee, uh, the Delta site, it's, uh, it's called the CIC, which is the uh, Continuous Improvement Committee. And um, we have a large, like you, you mentioned, we have a lot of temporary foreign workers. Uh, they only speak Spanish. Uh, majority of them don't speak a word of English. But we also have local workers from Canada uh, FLCs, which is farm labor contractors, and the majority of them are uh, Indian descent, so they don't. Their English is very limited as well, even though they live here in Canada. 
and most of them speak Punjabi or Hindi. So the the, large, the, the majority of the, of the workforce in, in grading, it's uh, it's from uh, India. So our committee uh, consists of English, Spanish, and Punjabi uh, being represented. So we got represented. So each phase or each department has a representative for each language. So our um, our meetings monthly are done in English and they're translated to Spanish and Punjabi. So our meeting minutes and the agenda are also uh, printed in, 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 in Punjabi, Spanish and English. And so everybody can have representation. Everybody can read in their own language any updates that we may have. Wow. Not only with health and safety, but with HR practices, food safety and other and, and anything that will have a major impact on the workforce. Yeah. So I imagine just the preparation for these meetings, as yeah. well as the meetings themselves in multiple languages is, is complex. Uh, yeah, yeah. The preparation for the meetings take about two days, two, three days, depending on, on uh, how busy we are. Because uh, what, what I found very helpful is visuals. Um, and I learned this from previous jobs where I worked when I was part of the, of the committee and where um, the, mini the minutes were just people talking. So they will give you, for example, we found this discrepancy in this department. So you have to think about it. And we lost a lot of people. And I felt that I got bored when people just talking for over an hour. So what we do when we do our health and safety walk, we actually take pictures. And when they do the food safety walk, they also take pictures. So anything that comes up in the in the in these meetings at the end of the month, uh, we have a, a you know a big screen TVs in the in the boardroom, and everybody can see the actual efficiency. And then we discuss it, and then people from that department will give a better explanation because they remember seeing it, or they say, "No, we saw that, we corrected it." And you know, then those pictures are actually, I also sent to the management. I'm in the manager of the department, so they can they can they can be aware of what's what took place in the safety walk. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we, sometimes we may even have videos, which that does happen too often, but there's always pictures so people can have a better idea to what we're talking about, especially when things are getting translated. You don't want anything to get lost in translation and the picture helps. Wow. That is a really amazing point. So your committee members are doing what you call health and safety walks. Is that right? Each yeah. member's kind of walking through and looking for anything that's, out of place or needs repairs. Okay. Yes. And then, um, yeah, the visual, I, I think you, you really made two great points there is not only is it bridging language, but it's just so much more memorable, um, and feels yeah. like an actual, um, issue, right. When you, when you can see exactly. a tangible image of it, I think that's, um, a really, amazing way to to bring everybody together on that committee. So to give some background to those who are listening, this team existed and then received training by EFI. Can you comment briefly on how the training had an impact on the team? Yeah, it, it, it expand the, the number of the team because um, so here in British Columbia and Canada, um, the health and safety regulations are very tough. Uh, so, by law, because we're a large em and, and, uh, employer, we had to have a safety committee in place already. So, we were meeting uh, the minimum requirements. But uh, when EFI came in, we were actually talking about the transition that we felt that because uh, English is a barrier for a lot of the majority of the workforce here, about 90%, uh, we felt that we, we weren't getting fair 
representation and the work getting fair representation with the, with the feedback to to the people in, in their departments. Uh, so EFI helped with that uh, because uh, to get people in order to get people certified, everybody had to go through the through the four or five day training. I remember, and like we really had to dissect issues and how to come up with a a game plan, how to uh, make the uh, make the the plan work and 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 uh, present it to the departments in a way they could understand and make it work. Um, so it was, uh, I would say that EFI was a huge help with that make, to make it better. So, so Tony, during peak season, there's up to 250 workers and they're all over this 3 million square foot greenhouse. What, what are some of the, the tasks that they're doing in, in various areas of the greenhouse? Okay, so in, in our facility, um, at peak season, we'll have about 300 workers. And they do various jobs on on, on the plant. Uh, they'll they'll prune the plant, they'll de leaf, uh, remove extra leaves that they might not need, and then harvest the, the fruit. And then obviously after after the greenhouse, it goes to our packaging facility. You know where we put it into the nice clamshells that you may see, uh, concerto and, and stuff like that. So um, when I first started working here, I was amazed, uh, like you mentioned before, the volume. Of, of tomatoes that you see go out on a daily basis like when you don't work in a place like this and you go to a supermarket you take it for granted right and then started working here and i was like oh my god that's that's a lot of fruit being moved yeah so and anybody that has a garden in their house imagine what they do to a few plants now multiply by a million wow yeah. that that definitely puts it into context yeah, exactly so after the EFI training, one of the first issues that the team looked at was access to drinking water. How, how did that topic um, come up? At, you know, at first. Oh, okay, uh, that's a good question. Uh, so what happened was we we our very first meeting that we put a task on each representative from the department to see what their needs were. Okay, so our greenhouse here in Delta, uh, we have city water, so. Or water doesn't come from a well or anything like that. So it's very clean water. Um, and Canada has one of the cleanest waters in the world, so it's, it can be trusted. Um, but what the workers were saying that uh, it, when they were taking water bottles inside the greenhouses, right? But they 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 got too warm, uh, and sometimes they had to go outside the greenhouse to get some water. So that was taking time away from their performance. They felt so they said, "How about if we put some drinking?" Uh, found, like, fountains inside the greenhouse. Okay, so we said great, uh, but the budget was going to be a little bit higher, so we had to get approval from management, obviously, because I remember we, we had to bring them from the states, and we paid about fifty five hundred per uh, water fountain, and we have uh, four phases, and phase four is bigger, so we put two in that one. And we didn't want just any water fountain. We wanted one so we'll keep the water cool because, again, we're inside a greenhouse. It does get warm in there. So we had to make sure we were close enough to uh, uh, electric power because the water that's good refrigerated has a small refrigerator system at the base of the water fountain. And then we wanted a water fountain where uh, people could have a, a little spout to drink water and to pour into bottles. So it has two. Right? So... Um, we did a we did a trial in phase one. Uh, the guys they loved it, so then we went ahead and and ordered the rest. So our 
very first project we, with EFI was to make it easier for the workers to consume water inside the greenhouse so they didn't have to leave. Yeah, that's fabulous. And and what I love in talking to you about these kinds of projects is they sound simple in nature, but they're never really easy to implement, right? So you had to think about where's the electricity and where's the water line exactly. and where do we need these? And there's this expense and where do we get the fountain? And so it really kind of becomes a company-wide effort in a, in a lot of ways when a worker has, you know, or the committee has an idea for an improvement, it it really has to grow outside of that. And, you know, that's why I like the, the, the EFI uh, way of doing it because uh, previous jobs, we will bring something forward and management took care of it. Mm-hmm. So if it took too long, the workers were like, no, they don't care, you, you know, but because the, the EFI, the reps are involved in every single step and every single update, now they're aware why something may take too long, right? Like it's not like we, we, we had to go here to downtown Latner Delta and buy five water fountains. No, we had to do our research and then we went back to the meetings and said, okay, this is the three top ones that I found. Which one do you guys think will be work best? And they picked the one. And then we told them all the, the work that was going to get in, go into connecting uh, not, not only the water, but drainage and electricity for the, uh, to keep it cool, right? So they understood why it ended up taking like maybe two months and a half, three months. But they were aware why it was taking long because they were part of it in every step. And then we're aware of the budget, how much it cost, and how much it would cost to get it now put in because we had to, um, you know, pay our mail, rate, our mail rates to do that job. And to get it um, properly done, we had to hire uh, an electrician to do it. Right. So they were involved from the moment of the idea and testing it. Right. So they were involved all the way through. And, uh, and now they have a better understanding of how things get done in, in, a, in a corporation, right? Yeah. So, yeah it, was, it was a great learning experience for, for everybody. Yeah, and I, I feel like that is an awesome uh, lesson for people who are listening to, to really take to heart in that when you are doing something behind the scenes, you might be intimately familiar with where that project is at and all the details that yeah. go into it. But from the outside, as you were saying, employees might feel like they haven't been listened to or cared about because they're not aware of how complex, again, what sounds like a simple idea of adding water fountains is never an easy task. So they're not even aware of the complexity. So really breaking down that communication barrier um, is an awesome lesson for for all managers to think about. Uh, True. And, and, you know, and sometimes it was even the, I've always felt that the worker, it's, right there on, on the ground, you know, so they, they, they are aware of things that as a manager, I may not see every day. And one of the workers brought up something very interesting. He said that he has seen, uh, so the carts inside the greenhouse, they get pulled out by a little tug car that, you know, pulls everything out, right? Well, sometimes that cart has to turn around. So he said that he his concern was if that car was to turn around because he has to go back and forth and to pull the, 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 the turn, my bump, there was the water fountain. So he came up with the idea that we should put a, a like a barrier at the bottom to protect the water fountain. You know, things like that, that, that we thought it was, uh, like I didn't think of it, right. but he saw it, like he saw a potential issue, right? Um, so uh, the, the EFI training, 
empower the workers on how to speak in, in a meeting and, and, and you know, to, to bring, it, it brings value to the meeting on a worker point of view, which I thought was great. That is an amazing example, Tony, because it, it's also the benefit of having the whole system in the room, right? Because like you yeah. said, from your perspective, you're not thinking about those carts and how yep. they turn around. And can you imagine if you'd invested, you know, all this time and money in the water fountain and then within the first week, it's been like bumped and dented and exactly. knocked to the ground because somebody didn't think about it. So that is really the benefit of, of getting all those perspectives in one room together to problem solve. Great, great yeah. example. So, you know, when I hear about the expense of the fountains and hiring an electrician and these meetings, it, it really makes me wonder, like, what what was the ROI for the company? I imagine, of course, there's there's better health and, and hydration for workers. But do you feel that this project uh, brought ROI to, to the company overall? Well, yeah, because the, the walk time, right? Um, I did a, in, in phase four. Uh, I did a, I went to the very end of the greenhouse and I walked to the bathroom or and, and to the area where the workers will go to the bathroom or drink water, wash their hands, whatever the case may be. And it took me six minutes. Okay. So, so you think about six minutes going that way, uh, add another eight, 10 minutes to whatever the person's going to do, right? They're not going to just drink water and run back in, right? Um, and then add the six minutes back. Let's just say that he bumped into another worker and they're talking, catching up, right? So let's say somebody's going to lose about 20, 20 minutes to a half hour, right? The water fountain minimizes that. So uh, now the workers are, are, they come in, they drink water and they go back into the row. And, and it, it, it took time away, like uh, walk time, what, what we call it. it that, that was significantly reduced for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you, you said something about phase four. So that was just part of your information gathering was to. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to get an idea how long it was taking people to, to go to the bathroom and to go drink water and stuff like that. So um, that was actually huge help. And, 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 and besides that, I think when you have workers that are happy uh, and you have workers that are, that know that they're being listened you're going to, you're going to have good workers because a happy worker is going to be a, a, a good worker and it creates a, a, a trust. Like the, the workers feel that they have an issue. They come directly to us. Like workers come to my, my office, HR office all the time. They do have the work representative and I tell them, you talk to your rep. Right. And then I know I just happened. I was on, on my way uh, to, because they live on site. I was on my way to the house and I just decided to come and talk to you directly. Right, so it, it creates a, a um, communicate it opens communications big time. Yeah. So Tony, this has been such an informative conversation. I really appreciate you sharing your perspective with everyone, and I just want to give you kind of a last word as someone who's been doing the job of ensuring the health and safety of others for more than fourteen years. What advice or or lesson do you want to leave us with today? Oh. Um, I think what's worked for me is I took my bad experiences from previous jobs, right? So I worked in construction. I worked in delivery companies uh, when I was younger. Uh, and I remember what I, what it felt like not to be listened. And uh, when we will give an idea how it was knocked down or, or ignored, uh, I always remember that um, 
what it's like to have a, a manager that doesn't listen or doesn't that, or do you feel that doesn't care? I didn't want to be I didn't want to be that guy. So um, if it wasn't for our workforce, I wouldn't have a job, right? And 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 uh, and, and it goes both ways. Like my my job is to keep them healthy and safe, right? So if there's no injuries in a day, then I've done I've done my job, and the supervisors have done their job, right? So we all need each other. If if there's one link missing, then it's not a chain anymore, you know. So by listening to your workers, I have your workers felt that they are represented. It's, it's a huge, huge help. Wonderful. Beautiful sentiment, Tony. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I thought it was so interesting that one of Winsett's farms has a lot of Indian workers who speak only Punjabi. So the monthly health and safety meetings for all the farms are prepared and conducted in three languages, English, Spanish, and Punjabi. And safety mistakes are photographed for everyone to see in the meetings. I find visuals are so helpful too. Anyway, don't miss our earlier episodes. In our last one, we learned from Bowery Farming where the indoor vertical farm is headed. As far as new locations and produce categories, they're just exploding. And it also gives a broader look at the entire controlled environment agriculture sector of our industry, CEA, which is also just a sector that is just growing exponentially. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It really does help us out. Those of you who work in the fresh produce industry, you should find us on our websites producemarketguide.com and thepacker.com. We're also active on several social media platforms like Instagram and LinkedIn. You can find more ways to follow us in our show notes, plus some helpful links to learn more about EFI. And we'll have more of these great produce industry and healthy lifestyle conversations coming soon. Thanks so much. I hope you learned something useful and inspirational. I know I did. Talk to you next time.